Alright, and we are back. I'm Keith Price, Sirius XM Outcue for the Backstage Skinny. We are at the press upfronts for an upcoming production called The Informed Consent. Uh, primary stages here in New York City. Again, as we always try to tell you when you're coming to New York, you know, if you can't get tickets for Book of Mormon, which I know that's what you want, you really should open your mind because a few blocks down from the places that people are rushing to get to here in New York City, there are some interesting, riveting, um, thought-provoking theater that's happening. And I'm sitting here with Deborah Zoe Lawfer, who has written this piece, Informed Consent, and she's talking about, believe it or not, as, she, as we were talking earlier, the nice Jewish girl is writing about the plight of Native Americans in dealing with health, dealing with religion, dealing with their own beliefs. Mm -hmm. And the first question I have for you is, okay, so what do, how did you get started being concerned about the Native American, Deborah? Talk to me. Well, <laughs> what, what first uh, interested me about um, about the story was I saw the New York Times article and what, what interested me was the clash between science and religion which I really am fascinated about and I, I've written about um, in other plays but one of the main features of the play is that it's about who are we are we our DNA are we our history are we our genome um, are we our stories and the stories that get handed down and so one of the things I've really had to grapple with is, is this my story? Is it my story to tell? You know, I'm, I'm talking about a very small tribe. They're very isolated. There's only 600 of them left. And really, is it, is it my place to tell their story? And yet, I feel like it's a story that has to be told. Um, so uh, there's definitely uh, tension in that for me. It's not an easy, uh, obvious path that I took. Wow, that's Deborah Lawfer here with me on the Backstage Skinny, and we're talking about her upcoming play called Informed Consent. Um, again, as you talk about it not necessarily being your story, mm -hmm. but yet you still were compelled to try to tell the story or get the story to the masses. Right. Um, when you're doing that kind of work, when you're when you're like, because of course, in order to do this, you have to have your research. You have to have some connections. Hopefully, you've had an opportunity to have conversations with some of these people. How did they receive you coming into that space, asking questions and wanting to explore and understand what was going on? Well, I did go down to the canyon and I stayed overnight. The tribe has, uh, they have a place, uh, a lodge where you can stay with twenty-four rooms, and and so I stayed overnight there, but. And I'd already written the play, and it was already scheduled to be done. Um, but I, but I was still rewriting a lot, and I rewrote a ton after spending time with them because I realized just how dire their circumstances are. Um, but the tribe was very was very uh, reluctant to talk to me. They've been hurt pretty deeply. And again, I went down there and thought, what, what am I doing? Really, <laughs> what am I doing? But. Um, but in studying the genome, one of the fascinating things I found was that there's no genetic marker for race, and that's also a big part of the play. I, I've insisted that the, that the cast be um, as diverse as possible. And it is. It <laughs> yes, it's it a, is, honey. It's a beautiful cast, yeah. um, which I really love. And one of the discussions we've had a lot in, 
in rehearsal is that maybe there's no such thing genetically as race, but there's definitely such a thing as racism. And <coughs> part of the play is, is what does it take to, to understand another culture, to be able to go in and take their blood and use it fairly and use it respectfully and not hurt them. And I unwittingly went in and realized I'm, if the same thing holds true with their story. How much do I need to know about them? How deeply do I have to uh, relate to their circumstances to, to honestly and um, respectfully mm -hmm. tell their story? So it's something I'm, I'm just uh, asking myself all the time. Wow, Deborah Lawfer here with me on the Backstage Skinny, Sirius XM Out Q, talking about the upcoming piece, Informed Consent. Um, for you, being technically a Western woman yes. and living in the age of modern medicine, um, when you went back and looked at this story in terms of how that resistance between what people believe should be happening for them and what, what other people believe should be happening for them, right. how for you have you ever had that, that kind of conflict of, of your own? Yeah. Well, part of the story is um, that the, the I've given, I've fictionalized the main scientist's story, and I've also fictionalized, this, fictionalized the story of the spokesperson from the tribe and, uh, to give them some backstory that's not actually um, from the court case. Mm -hmm. And I wanted her to have a personal struggle genetically that compelled her in her in her studies, and so my teacher Marcia Norman had said, "When whenever you're stuck, write about the thing that terrifies you most." And my grandmother had Alzheimer's and died of it, so that is my our mom. family. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the thing in my family that we're most afraid of, I would say, and and um, wondering whether or not we should find out if we are tested or not. And that's a big conflict within the play: is whether the the scientist has been tested and knows she has early onset Alzheimer's, and she and her husband are conflicted about whether or not to get their four-year-old tested. He wow. absolutely doesn't want to know, and she absolutely has to know. And one of the things that's been exciting when people see the play is that couples who think that they know each other's positions on these things um, really don't. It's something, it's something our parents never had to talk about. They never had to think about. And now young couples with children are getting pregnant have to think about what they're passing down. Well, you know, because you and I probably come from the generation where, you know, we heard that so-and-so got sick. We heard that so-and-so had this. Right. And at no point in time did anybody have a conversation of saying, you should think about that for yourself. And for me, when you just said that about the Alzheimer's thing, that's been a thing for me personally that I've been right. really struggling with. And every time I have a moment where I forget something, right. exactly. I panic. Yes. I panic. Right. And that's one of the, one of the parts of the play, too, is, it, well, if you know, it's going to affect your whole life. Exactly. It's going to affect the way you interpret what your life is and I mean, how you're responding to things. See, because I could think right now, if I didn't have that in my history or didn't know that that was a part of my history, I would just swear it was pot. <laughs> <laughs> Which it very well could be. Which it could be. But, I mean, you know, at the same time, though, it's sort of like it's a... It's in the age of the kids now. I always make fun of of the parents now with the timeouts and the uh -huh. this and that, and how modern parenting has changed because of the way 
people deal with their health issues. And I, I'm fascinated by that because, again, you know, us both knowing that that's something that's directly in our lineage. I don't know about you, but I have those panic attacks at least once a week, oh, I do if too. not more. And, you know, my mom and I have talked about it for years, obviously, because mm-hmm. we were we were a very tight threesome um, this pendant I always wear was my grandmother's. Oh, so, okay. And my mom had it, and then I had it. And that's a big part of the play also is passing on that, that pendant. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom, you know, we've talked about it, but she saw the play in a reading, and she said, I'm going to go get tested. And we have never uh, really come to that place before. Wow. Um, yeah, and she's doing it. Wow. Wow. Ooh, Deborah Lawfer with me here. <laughs> ooh, just got, ooh, just got a little, little flush there. <laughs> with me here on the Backstage Skinny Sirius XM OutQ talking about the upcoming production of Informed Consent. Um, again, from what I understand, another 90-minute pal, which I find so fascinating that a story of this magnitude and this gravity, that getting it into this like kind of time frame one is very much of the age now because it seems yeah. like that's like a trend of sorts. Yeah. But when you can pack a powerful lesson and a powerful punch in that amount of time, bravo, mommy. Well, because, yeah. no, really, because, you know, we are living in this move, move, move kind of place. Yeah. And if people can sit their asses down for 90 minutes right. and focus on something, imagine what you wind up walking away with. I think that this is this is fabulous because again you're also speaking of an experience that um, isn't necessarily dramatized and certainly isn't given what's the word it's not given the right kind of respect. How hard was it for you to be able to be respectful of the culture that you were trying to bring to stage? Um, you know, it's been it's just been layers and layers and layers of learning. I I came in thinking I was being extremely respectful and I w- was honoring them and uh, I was telling their story because it needed to be told. Um, and they have done interviews and they were on you know they had videos in New York Times, so I knew that it wasn't something that they were completely hiding. They had a very very uh, public court case that was a landmark case and changed the way we d- we address informed consent now so I knew that was public but I was I was concerned with it and yet very ignorant um, it had a production at Cleveland Playhouse in, in Jiva and when we were working on that uh, there's a, a song that the tribe sings and you can see it on the New York Times video where uh, when they collected their blood a tribal song and so I was looking for it because I wanted to be as respectful and make it as true to what their experience was as I could and I couldn't find it anywhere. And luckily I had, um, there was a local Seneca tribe and um, there was a representative from the tribe who was so incredibly helpful to me. And he said, do not find that song. I said, why can't I find it? Why, where, where is it? And he said, don't look for it. They would not want that on stage. And I said, really? And I said, so then what should I use? He said, make up something like it. It could just be something you create that is like it. And I was like, whoa. As a Jew, if I had something that was like it, <laughs> I would never be able to walk out my door again. <laughs> Nobody's going to put up with that. So, you know, I made all kinds of assumptions based on my culture that right. were not true to their culture. Well, okay, so in this particular production, you have Delana Studi, who is Native American as yeah. well. You, you already told me that you had the play pretty much, you had it done when you went to 
sit and spend that day with the tribe, and you did a lot of rewrites with that. Mm-hmm. When you had, once Delina was cast, yeah. did you have to make more changes in the conversation, especially about the piece? Yeah. Because she brings a whole wealth of information. That she does. She's she's just a beautiful actress, too. <laughs> I mean, beyond that, she's just beautiful in it. Um, but... Yes, we're constantly talking about it. And one of the things Liesl, who's such a brilliant, yeah. brilliant director, one of the le- things Liesl said at the first rehearsals, I want, I want everybody, to, everybody's allowed to ask the stupid questions. Let's just get it all out there. We talked about race a ton. We talked about um, about this tribe a lot. And she said, "I'm sorry." I, to Le- to uh, Delena, she said, "I'm sorry. I'm." I'm used to being the one in the room who has to educate everyone about where I come from and my and my race and my culture. And she's like, I'm sorry that you are in that position where you're just going to... But suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Get over it and educate us. It. Answer the damn question. <laughs> you want this gig? That's right. You signed on. And she's been an amazing resource and really open and helpful about it. That's um, fabulous. Yeah. That's fabulous. Talking to, I feel like I want to just call you Deb. You feel can like call me Deb. Call Deb. Me Deb, Deb Lawfer here with me on behind the curtain. Or excuse me, backstage skinny, Sirius XM Out Q, talking about her new work, Informed Consent. So for you, you've said you've talked about religion and and science in other pieces, and you are now looking at because to me, I think Native American culture is more than a concept of religion. Mm-hmm. It's like a spirituality that they have beyond just religion. And compared to some of your other pieces, how was telling this story different than telling those other stories right. with the conflict? Right. Well, I, I, ne- I did need to know as much as I could about... I read several books and um, and went down there to, to find out about the tribe. But, but, but the religious aspect of it is that their creation stories that they sprang forth from the Grand Canyon and... They don't give their blood for any reason. It's sacred, and they need to be buried with their blood. So it, it, it had to be such dire circumstances for them to even take that step and be so trusting for another culture to take their blood. Um, and she took their blood, and she did diabetes studies, but she also studied for other things. And one of the things she found is that they originated in Eastern Asia. So, And she wrote papers and gave talks about that. And so that was humiliating to them. There's stories that they sprang forth from the Grand Canyon. And so she she was questioning their religious beliefs. Wow. Um, That's kind of a bold thing to do, don't you think? To to walk in to this experience and be invited or being allowed to actually even come into this world. And then not only come in under this one particular um, pretense, Mm -hmm. but then to walk away and create a whole other dialogue and a whole other conversation that was not supposed to be a part of this conversation. Yeah, well, that's why this is a landmark case, because this really changed what has to be specified in, in, in a form, because she didn't, she didn't actually do anything that wasn't on the consent form. Right. So e- even though they lost the, the court case, and it was like nothing, they got like $750,000. It was a $25 million suit, and they got very nothing. little. They got nothing. But um, even though she won, I guess, you know, she had been cu- completely culturally blind. 
Um, but on paper, she hadn't done anything wrong, really. So her, her crime is a moral crime. It is. It's a it moral is. crime. Wow. It it's a crime of sort of ignorance and not. Yeah. And, and lack of sensitivity. Oh my God! Well, Deb Lawfer, thank you so much for spending time talking to me so about your piece. To talk to you. I, you. I, I, I'm looking forward to this because, again, as I said before, that this is part of the from a theatrical place. This is a part of exploring something that even I, you know, in my many years of seeing and many things that I have seen, this is something that even I have to find a different place to to sit in and watch. And I think that that's a wonderful thing to get challenged when you go to the theater. So I thank you so much for challenging me as well as taking on your own challenge because I'm sure this was not an easy feat for you to do. Thank you. And that other woman just ruined it for everybody else, don't you think now? <laughs> She's like doing all kinds of crazy stuff with these people's stories. But, but again, it's wonderful to see you... Um, be very, very, very vigilant and very um, uh, in touch with trying to tell the story and not let you let, let, let yourself get too far in the way of it. Because I mean, you you do have to have a little artistic license for your, for the fact to make it dramatic. But the core right, yeah. is that where you tried to redo the respect for. I've tried. <laughs> I really have tried. Well, again, as I said earlier, get your behinds to New York City if you're coming, and you can't get your Book of Mormon. Come and come, come and and, and I take think an they're opportunity. Sold out, actually, and they're probably going to be sold, sold out. They're always sold out. But come and and challenge yourself for a theatrical experience because I think that's that's what we we don't see anymore. We don't see people being challenged by the theater, and sometimes the challenge is it's a good one to have. So thank you for taking the time thank to you do so that. Much. It was great to talk it's fabulous, and we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>